What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Nitro Power Hour. We're in um, episode number six. I don't know what I'm going to name it yet, but I'll figure something out. Shit just comes to me like memes and smart mouth remarks. So, you know, today we've all been uh, trapped inside. Some of us are revolting. Um, some are protesting at capitals and rocking AKs in uh, state capitol buildings across the nation. The friends over the you know the other side of the world um listening the lithuanians the swedes shout out to you guys like push back um fuck the new world order so we'll just get uh get that out of the way right now we're gonna jump into uh some shit that's been bothering me it's probably been bothering you people too uh, emails i want to talk about some emails we're gonna talk about the fucking zoom meetings you know god blessed zoom um we're gonna talk about um some contract stuff uh just uh you know it's a it's a good refresher a lot of people don't look at that stuff they'll sign on the dotted line when they see the money they think they're gonna get uh, but then they forget about the services they have to provide so just gonna touch on that how they work you know what you can do to them they're just not just paper you can wipe your ass with um, that purpose. So, uh, I think that's where we're going to go on this one. And, uh, of course, you know, when I sit by myself and rant and rave in the bunker alone, uh, this fucking thing can go anywhere. All right, boys and girls, let's go. I don't know if anybody picked that up, but, um, uh, obviously you know now that I only believe in two genders. So, um, if that offends you, I meant that. So emails, um, the thing about email is it's a pretty damn neat tool. Um, grandmas use them, schools use them, children can use them, um, attorneys use them, uh, Hillary used them, but uh, she lost them, weird. Um, you know, and, and construction guys use them. Construction girls use them. So there's a there's a value in using the email because um, you can transfer files. You know, I, I hate to explain, like, how fucking email works, but I feel like I need to. So there's this dude, Dr. Shiva. He, uh, he invented email. Uh, if you don't believe me, well, fuck you. Google it. So um, he's also the guy that's going to help uh, get rid of Bill Gates. So. A lot of interesting shit at play right now. There's a lot of fucking balls in the air. So the thing about email is email in our line of work is really a legally it's a legal way to notify people. You know, it replaced the fax machine. It replaced the certified letter, you know, to a degree. You still gotta do certified letters, but wait there's some weight in an email. Uh, way more than a fucking text message. And and for crying out loud, do all you people out there texting people, stop that shit. Especially if it's for your fucking job. Like you can't you can't cover your ass with it. You can't print that shit out later. It's a pain in the dick to fucking forward. You can save it, but you're gonna screenshot your phone and then you're gonna upload a photo and then you can't find it because you can't search a fucking picture, you know, if you've got it saved somewhere, so Stay the fuck out of text message. Like, it's pointless. It's meant for, hey, are you buying me lunch today? Or, what time are we getting off work? 
or uh what are you doing like it's for nothing it's for non-important shit so just remember like for most companies it's not allowed for company business if it is being used um maybe there's some nefarious shit going on maybe it's some deep state you know clandestine crap i don't like it um just also know too if you're doing that shit we can see your text messages if we really want to get them um it's a pain in the ass and it costs money so it's not worth it like i i don't give a fuck that much i prefer email so use it so so things about email man there's so many things that should be just totally standard especially in construction um super easy guideline for years and years you know even i got lazy with email but there's a whole bunch of stuff you can put in an email that can make your shit ironclad to where you're not going to get a response back other than dude showing up or things getting fixed um and it's because of the information that you put in there you know how you convey that information so i, I got a list you know a little we'll run down right now and the thing about this list is if you miss two or more of these things, you're going to get shit results. So, like, don't be disappointed for the things that didn't happen for all the hard work you didn't fucking do. So, right now, you know, when you when you send an email up, it's super easy. You got to figure out who are you sending it to. So, you got to identify, like, is it a contractor? Is it a client? Um, you know, who who's that recipient? And and when you figure out who that recipient is, you got to make sure you address the email to that person. So we got to make sure that you're really clear that, hey, Tom, hey, Jeff, hey, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, I'm talking to you. So that way they know right away that this email is meant for them and they need to pay attention. So you always got to make sure that the people you're sending an email to also has some legally contractual shit with you. Uh, you can send an email to anybody on the planet, but in the construction world, if you don't send it to somebody you have a contract with, you may not get any results because they know you're not connected to them and you don't have any leverage on them. You're not going to hold their money. You may hold uh, the person they're that, that you have a contract with, they may be a sub-tier contractor. You may get a little bit of uh, of action on that, but typically you won't. Uh, it's 50-50, total crapshoot. So for me, I like to have the whole team on it. If I got four supers on a job, I got an admin, I got me, I got an assistant, whatever. Everybody's on those freaking emails um, because if somebody goes down or somebody calls in sick or um, – Somebody just doesn't feel like getting it that day. Somebody else can step in and pick up the pace and, and go with it. So really important that everybody's in the, uh, in the loop on the emails just so, uh, it's a team event, you know, and it's not about the email at per se. It's just about the coordination for the job. So, so for my example today, a lot of the stuff we deal with subcontractors. So the way that I want to approach this with subcontractor is the subject line. Going to make sure we're talking about the client um, or the job. Uh, typically, it'll have a store number, our company job number, the city, the state, 
and a super brief, non-idiot description of the topic. Don't make it a one-liner and don't make it a fucking paragraph. Like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Get them in the ballpark so they can either swipe it in the delete box or they can uh, open it up and address it. So now there's other projects that are just developer jobs and they may not have a store number. Uh, It may be a a one-off. So for that, we're just going to use our company job number and still a brief description. You're always going to have a brief description. Give them the heads up. Give them the courtesy you would expect to see too if you're getting a fucking email. So, and then you want to address and identify the recipient in the email right off the bat. Dear fuckhead, dear concrete guy, whatever, identify them by name, call them out. That's the whole point of this thing. You're calling them out. Doesn't have to be bad. Doesn't have to be good. It just, it's just indifferent. Just call them out so you can, you, you go to the person that you're trying to get the results from. So after you call them out, you want to identify real clearly to the point. In short, simple sentences. Don't write an essay. No, we don't need no thousand-page shit because it turns into too much information didn't read. Um, but don't run, write a, a a really shitty grammar one-liner that doesn't mean shit. I, I delete those because they're worthless. Both are worthless equally, actually. And then at the same time, you know, we have all this technology with spell check and stuff. Try to use it. Um, even these apps and, and Microsoft are dumb as fuck. So at least give it an attempt. Read it. Uh, one thing I like to do is I like to replay my stuff in a text-to-voice thing. So then I listen to it. If it's super important shit, I'll uh, I'll play it in that. And then if it sounds fucking retarded, I can fix it and, and make it sound like it flows, you know, how I intend it to. So the uh, the other part of that, too, is... Once you've got your identifying the issue in your, your few sentences, you want to give a common sense, practical, really simple solution in a super concise written sentence that's clear of what you want uh, to happen that isn't uh, detrimental. You know, like, they need to tear everything out. Uh, typically, you know, if they make a mistake, it's probably your fault because you didn't check it. Um, but if we're trying to mitigate that stuff, you're kind of both in it together a tad. They own, the, they have the ownership of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, come up with a logical thing that still solves the problem and doesn't fucking bankrupt somebody or drag on in time and screw other people, you know. So the other thing, too, you know, once you've got that solution identified... You want to back up your issue or your repair, you know, trust but verify kind of stuff with a photograph. Like do an old one or here's an old one. Thanks for coming and fixing your stuff. Here's what it looks like now. It still sucks. Uh, I needed to come back and this is what I needed to do to fix it. You're going to have to follow up. And and when you use a photo or you can use a video, photos are pretty good. They're quick. Everybody on the planet seems to have a fucking smartphone now. Except for this guy, I'm going to go to a flip phone here pretty soon. I'm sick of that shit. Um, but try to have date stamp photos. Uh, not a whole bunch. 
you know, because you don't want to overload some shit, but one or two, maybe three, uh, and then explain what each photo represents. You got to put context to that shit, uh, especially if you suck at taking pictures. So, and you know you do. So, and if you suck at taking pictures, practice getting better. There's no reason. Like, the, see, we can take so many photos in this business. It's not even funny. And nobody bitches about taking a shitload of photos. So, take them. Uh, get to practice. So, you know, you got your photo. So, you got your you got your subject. You got your person. You got the issue identified really clear. You gave them a solution. You got a photo in there. If this is the more than the first time you're talking to somebody about it, piggyback that original email. So you start tracking their history. So then it gives you a little bit more um, muscle to get them to understand, you know, what you're trying to do. Or at least it shows a, a history. So God forbid you have to like go to arbitration or something. You you want to make sure that you you can find your consistent due diligence uh, quickly and that it makes sense so you want to and and also it refreshes memories you know we all get busy Um, hell I forget things all the time you just ask my wife Uh, but with work I you know I'm like goddamn elephant strangest shit in the planet so and then the other thing too is you know with that timeline you don't want to let stuff go on and on and on. You don't want to be talking about, hey, man, can you pick up your trash? 43 fucking emails later, six months down the road. Like, there has to be a point where that stops. And and if you're copying everybody on your team, somebody up the food chain, you know, above your pay grade is going to step in and go, what the fuck, man? Um, and so you'll get that help. You know, include everybody and you're, you're, you're working as a team. You're getting that help. Go off the reservation. You're going to fight and and suffer for a long time and then probably get your ass chewed because nobody knows what you're doing in the background and, well, because you're not sharing it. So, never made any sense to me for people to not include everybody, but fuck, they still do it. Did it today. So, uh, the last thing too, you know, number seven, it would be to identify and make real clear an absolute drop dead due date for what you need them to fix. Because you probably have somebody else coming, or you have a due date on a punch list, or you have a client taking possession. That shit's important. You know, there's liquidated damages nowadays. Some are tiny, you know, 500 bucks a day. And it's not a lot, but if you get 10 days, that's a lot of dough. Uh, some are 1500 bucks a day. Some are five grand a day. Some are a hundred fucking thousand dollars on day one. So you got to know that. Uh, the risk you run by not having your shit done. And technically, as a GC, you're, it's not your shit, but it's your shit. So you're responsible for everything that happens inside the gates. So pretend, you know, that you give shit most of the time. I mean, that's the easiest way to do. You're not there for very long. Seven hours? We all know you fuck off for an hour and go to lunch and do things on your phone you shouldn't be doing. So... You know, maybe you're there for six hours. Put in a solid fucking six. Hell, you can put in a solid four and knock the day out if you just do it and you're deliberate. So, the due date. Due date's huge, man. Um, And you want to be aggressive with your date and you want to be direct. But at the same time, just remember that 
that aggressiveness does not mean that you're angry. It doesn't mean that you need to be reckless. It doesn't mean that mean that you need to panic. Like there's there's no sense in any of that shit. Those three are like evil things. And never use the word fucking should or can you. Like you're not asking. You're there to direct. They're they're seeking direction. So you're not going to ask somebody, "Hey, do you think you can come and do this for me?" Well, I think we should be done next week. Like, no, stop it. Be direct. Have set guidelines. Be specific. And don't be a bitch about it. Like, I see so many people in this world, so many grown fucking men being a bitch about writing a goddamn email. Or having a conversation with somebody. Like, I don't know when the last time anybody's been punched in the face on the job site. But it's been a long fucking time for me. So... It's not like it's going to go that far unless you're a total douchebag and then maybe you deserve it, you know? So just think about it. You know, you want to make sure that you also, you know, moving into number eight, that you're being clear and concise with the recourse if they tell you to fuck off or they're not going to come. So they have to know what the consequences are. Just like children, um, just like you, if you show up late to work every fucking day, and all of a sudden, you know, they don't have work for you anymore. But everybody else that's working um, is the people that always beat you to work. Chances are you're getting pushed out because you fucking, you're unreliable. You can't come to work on time. So people don't like that. It's fucking annoying and it's rude and it's disrespectful. Mostly to you, but to everybody you work with. So, you know, be a... Be a normal human being and come to work and don't be reckless. Don't be angry and identify real crystal clear, you know, that they understand that if all this stuff you're sitting in this email, getting ready to push send on, if it's not done, there's going to be consequences. If you don't do this on this day, then we're going to do this. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. We live in a world of PC and nobody wants any consequences and that's complete bullshit. So eventually consequences come around. Um, Usually the people that didn't have them for so long fall the hardest when they actually get them. Um, And I, I see it all the time. So start off early, start off quick and, and be consistent with everybody, especially with these emails. If you stray away from them, Man, it's so hard to get back. Um, you, you just have an uphill battle with trying to get fucking trash cleaned up. Like, that should be easy. Um, if you can't get them to clean up their own trash, you really think you're going to make them do the big fuck-ups that you didn't check? Oh, no. It's going to be painful. Painful. So then the last thing kind of to follow up on an email is, if you don't get a response from your email call that dude yeah maybe he didn't see it maybe he's traveling maybe he's on the road maybe she's on the road uh maybe she hit an airplane i know when i travel i don't give two fucks about email when i'm traveling i i hit the highlights i see the important ones i don't read every one of them i'm trying to drive a car trying to go through the worthless fucking tsa i got to uh, sit next to karen you know telling me how she's going to sue the airport because seats aren't big enough for her fat ass like there's just too much going on when we're traveling 
to pay attention to it. And then sometimes even when we get to the job site, um, it's a big pain in the ass to, to check those emails. So maybe I'm making excuses, but I like to give the attention to the dudes uh, when I'm on a job site, walking it, talking, you know, helping them solve issues, work through problems, hear uh, all the things that I expect to have in a daily report that aren't. So, you know, and, it, and it's just human being shit. So not a, not a bitch or a complaint by that. It's just, that's just kind of how it is. So, and then when I get set back to a computer, sit down, work through that shit and I try to get caught up. So typically I'm running, you know, 50 emails I probably haven't read there for a while. It was pretty high, but we were traveling all the time. And, um, so this is like a good re, re, uh, refit, refuel, refresh kind of thing with this, uh, whatever the fuck this is right now. So, you know, and then the other thing too, is you got to follow up. You got to follow up. That's where a lot of people fail. Um, phone call. Um, people will tell you anything you want to hear on a phone. Uh, it's really funny to, to actually pressure them to respond in an email. Um, I've heard, uh, probably every fucking excuse on the phone. Oh, um, uh, Bill, he doesn't use email. Motherfucker, it's 2020. Bill uses email. I guarantee Bill uses email. Bill doesn't want to use email because I'm calling him out on his bullshit right now. And he has to admit he's fucking wrong. That's when Bill doesn't want to use email. So the signs are out there. Um, you know, if you don't get a reply back, but the guys are working, chalk it up, call it done and, and move on. Um, but if you see action, so you don't necessarily need to rub their nose in it. If you're, you know, you send an email and they're taking care of it. You know, it's sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes you don't want to be so right. You're fucking wrong. You know, that's uh, it's a saying, uh, God, that guy was a douchebag, but it was a really good saying. I don't even know if it was his, probably not. Um, but, I, but I always stuck with me. Don't be so right. You're wrong. So yeah, emails. Um, the last thing about getting crazy ass, you know, superintendent guy in an email, don't do these when you're mad. Don't get to the point where you're not, um, doing it consistently to where you get to a point where you you just blow your fucking top and then you email the shit out of everybody do this stuff as part of your job because it is. And at that point, if it's consistent and you're doing it all the time, it's not a big deal at nobody. People will bitch about that steady pressure, but that's just the way it is. Like in capitalist America, the steady pressure is normal. So they won't be stressed out if they have a plan and they're working their plan. Or if you have the plan and you're, you're helping them work it, and, and being realistic about that shit. Um, yeah, I see that guys will wait until they're mad as fuck to send an email like I just talked about with these nine points. And um, when they do, they do it in anger, and then they go outside their limits of authority. They start threatening all sorts of shit. And, and there's no need for it. Now, they're probably mad because it's their fault. Because they neglected some shit. Uh, or they didn't do what they were supposed to, or, you know, which is the same thing, I guess the, but they end up probably they're mad at themselves and then they're going to take it out on somebody because very few people in America will take responsibility for their shit. So, so at that point you got to remember work within the limits of your authority. If you go beyond those limits, 
you may get smacked down. Um, if you don't know what your authority is, look at your job description. If you don't know what your job description is, ask your fucking PM. If you if your PM doesn't answer the phone, read the contract. Look at the scope. Put those pieces together. It's a fucking puzzle, man. But with all that stuff, if you put that all together, you're going to have a really great idea of what your authority is and how to work within it. And then what you need to do to go beyond your authority to get something you need, you know, whether it's a, a field work directive or a, a notice to proceed or, or whatever the fuck you call them, you're, you're not going to be able to doing that. You're not going to be that guy doing it in rare occasions. You may be depending on your company structure, but in most of them that I've worked for, you got to call a fucking PM. Um, cause they deal with the money. They're your lawyer and, uh, they're your, they're your, uh, they're your paperwork pusher. Like use them for that. That's the whole point. They're there. So anyway, work within your, work within your limits. Um, man, all these things, if, if you follow this really basic brief description of how to send an email, 99% of the time you do it, you're going to have a hundred percent success. And if you don't, you got a shit bag and, and that's not uncommon. So there's this old saying, um, and I don't remember how long ago I heard it, but 80% of your problems come from 20% of your people. And it seems to be true if you, if you really think about it. So once you identify who the, that 20% is, then you can deal with it and, uh, and then you can work through it. So then the ones that you don't, you can just kind of let go and, and mention something to, they'll take care of stuff. You know, those are not the dudes that you need to be lining up and fucking email. It may be easy to light them up an email, but it doesn't serve, you know, it doesn't serve the purpose or the greater good. Um, it's just you giving yourself a false sense of success um, when you're still being a bitch about having an uncomfortable conversation with the dude that really needs it. So that's probably the other part of this thing is don't hide behind the email. Don't send the email and run. You know, have that conversation. I, I, I like to phase things in over the course of a project. Everybody starts the same. I treat everybody the same. Every job, we start fresh, even if I've worked with you before. And uh, day one, you show up, drop your shit, you leave, you come back, you lay out. Next day, you leave trash midday. I'm going to say something like, hey, bro, pick your lunch trash up. And if you go, yeah, yeah, I'll get it. As soon as you say, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I got it. When I hear I got it, it means you ain't getting it. I don't know very many people say I got it. I don't fuck it up, including myself. So I try not to say I got it. Um, those are famous last words. So then as the as the day goes on, it's going to be like, hey, man, I asked you to pick your shit up. The place was clean when you got here. Like, pretend you're camping. If you bring it in, you pack it out. I got a freaking dumpster over here. Most GCs provide dumpsters. We provide concrete washouts. With the way this is, sometimes we provide, like, nine fucking dumpsters because you got to sort this stuff i mean it's not that big of a deal we're all doing it at least in california and we're doing it in colorado so it seems to be the way of the world of this new green deal or whatever the fuck is going on with these uh these green recycling things which is funny 
um, because nobody can recycle shit anymore because China quit taking that shit. So it's all going to fucking landfill anyway. So whatever. So at that point, like, have those conversations because you're going to need to have the ability to talk to people um, when they're doing work, um, when they're in a meeting with you. You know, so you don't want to make stand up. You don't want to be that one guy that is a keyboard warrior beating the fuck out of everybody. And then he hides and, and, uh, doesn't want to see anybody in person. Like that's just, that's just dumb as shit. So sack up, be a man, go talk to somebody, do it in a polite, respectful way until they change that thing. Don't start it. Like that was the thing with me. I never started it, but, but I was firm. And people don't like that. People don't like direct. And you know what I tell them? Fuck you. That's not my shit. So get over it. Clean your crap up. Fix your work. Don't do that again. Don't go off the reservation when I turn around. You know, do the right thing. Follow the plans. Follow the specs. Easy. Um, yeah, so so that's, that's with that. The thing about, you know, going down that road with, with those conversations is you can't have them unless you're, you're looking at a contract, you're looking at their scope. So you really got to understand, you know, um, scope. The uh, the scope that PM writes that was done at bid time, like that shit is important. Um, and it's just a small piece of the contract. So if you're a superintendent, you should have access to these contracts, at least the boilerplate and the scope. I could give two fucks about the money as a superintendent in the field. It's all about the scope and it's all about the contract. And most contracts are real typical. They start off, they got the name of the companies. They got the name of your company. Um, they define who's who, you know, architects and owners and, um, the contractor, the subcontractor. Um, and then it goes right into scope of work. Typically that's wrote by PM. Um, or your estimating department, depending on how you're set up. And that kind of spells out everything specific to that job for that scope. You know, a concrete guy. Um, depending on how he's set up, he may just do building concrete. Um, and, you know, that same concrete guy on a different job could be doing uh, site curbs and street improvements and building concrete. Or on another job, he could just be doing sidewalk, you know. So, really important that just because you worked with this asshole before... Uh, doesn't mean that he's going to have the same fucking scope. Like, don't be a lazy ass, pull that shit out and fucking read it. Um, otherwise if you start running your mouth about trying to make them do things, or you put that shit in an email, you're going to get destroyed by somebody who actually has read the fucking contract. So don't be a douchebag, read the fucking scope, read the contract. Uh, knowledge is power. You know, most of us are, you know, in that range to where that shit was on tv all the time the more you know like that shit's for real so the more you can teach yourself uh, the better off you're gonna be so so after scopes of work uh it kind of gets into particulars of um protection of uh of other work or spill kits in california um talks about change orders a little bit uh, gets into lump sum contract and how payments go. The uh, proceeding without authorization 
kind of gets defined in that subject line with uh, payments. So applications, like how to um, apply them, how to fill out the paperwork, submit them. Like that shit's all there. If you don't know how that crap works, because nobody's telling you, you're like, I don't know when you're going to get paid, man. Just read the contract. It says right fucking here, you know. Uh, progress invoices will be paid within 30 days of approval month, so long as payment has been received by contractor from owner. That's a paid when paid clause. Pretty standard. Um, this is to be understood as an all or nothing offer. So when a guy says, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm all done. You need to write me a check. Get the fuck out, bro. That's not how it works. Submit your bill. Goes through an approval process. We don't just whip out checks and start writing checks to guys that finish their work today. This isn't residential construction. Um, it's just uh, it's just not how it works. So it's too much accounting and bullshit that goes into it. So pay pay is usually that that third section. The fourth section is time. Um, you know, as a superintendent, you're making a schedule, and time is fucking important. Uh, the PM's already defined that timeline with that big master schedule we've talked about in the past. There's a due date. There's a grand opening. There's uh, there's other things on the line. There's shareholders that are expecting to see, you know, new store finishes or openings. Uh, we don't care about those guys, but we do because our client needs to be happy and they may need to make their commitments. Otherwise, we don't get more work. So all that shit matters. So time becomes really important. Don't waste that on the front end. Let a grading guy, you know, jerk himself off. Uh, doing whatever he wants for five weeks when his contract was only for two because uh, you still got to make that three weeks up somewhere. Like, don't put yourself through that punishment. Have those uncomfortable conversations and, and toe that line from the beginning. So, it, it, it's a big deal. So, time's a big deal. Um, read that section. It's really short. You know, I could read it to you right now, but I'm not going to. So, you find your contract and read that shit. Um because if you give two fucks about your job, you're going to understand what these contracts are because you're there to make sure they get done based on the language your 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 office is kicking out. Like that's what you're there for. So, don't be a bitch. Read read it. The next section is damages uh caused by delays. You know, you don't want to be the dude doing a fucked up schedule causing these guys delays because they're going to run it right up your ass. Um, but if they're delaying and, and they know they're delaying because you've done your emails, you put them on notice, you've included the team, you've had meetings, you've set expectations, you've, you've consistently done three week schedules at that point, if you got a total ship bag, you got a lot of leverage, you know, to replace him or battle his dumbass in arbitration. Not that you want to go there. Like you want to drag everybody if you have to, like the last thing you want to do is go to court Last thing you want to do is throw somebody off the job site. That's unproductive. Like nobody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to see how much stuff I can fuck up today and, and how many jobs I can get thrown off of. Sometimes people are just bad business people. They can't manage their time. They can't manage their people. They forget to do, you know, make orders to get material. Like it, shit happens all the time. Our jobs to remind people. So that's where those fucking emails come into play really important um yeah the, the next section after that is insurance you know everybody working as a subcontractor to us has to have fucking insurance 
There's just no way around it. It's just the world we live in. Too many attorneys, too much bullshit, too many people not, you know, acting like it's 1950. Everybody turned into some, to some dirt bags along the line. So now we all have to have insurance. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you got a warranty, you know, you still have to make sure that even though you did a good job and you were insured that you were going to do a good job and you had a, uh, retention held, you know, out of your check, you know, as another safety net that you were going to do a good job, you still got to have a warranty. Uh, it's, it's at least a year. Sometimes they're more depending on the materials you use and the manufacturer and they'll, they'll pick those things up. But typically in construction, it's one year. It's one year from when they take possession, you have substantial completion. You know, you, you can't finish your shit in August and then the job be done in, you know, the following March and think your fucking warranty's up. Like, it doesn't work like that. That's just the shitty nature of this business. So get over it. Like, at that point, you just got to submit and know this is part of the process. And if you feel like you're, um, you're going to be out because you're going to have to go fix stuff, maybe you need to have a better quality control program. Um, maybe you should not leave half-ass shit or buy crappy material or get your bid better. You know, you can't, you shouldn't win them all. Um, but the ones you win, you should, they should be profitable. Um, and if you have to put money in there for warranty, maybe you need to do a, a, a reassessment of like how you're running your fucking business. So, um, uh, as a GC, we have to put money in there a little bit for warranty because there's too many unknowns with too many people we've never met. And so we're gambling that you like you promised to God, you're going to come back and fix your shit if it's wrong. And that doesn't always work out. So, uh, the next item after that is when we write you a contract that's between me and you. And, and at that point, if you bring someone else on as a a subcontractor to you, you got to fucking tell me, in fact, you should have told me in the beginning, but if you don't, we can work it out. But if you hide it from me, and then I start finding out, you know, through uh, pre-leans and shit like that, that you, you've been lying to me and going behind my back and you're really not doing the work. You're just pimping it out. It's not going to be good. Like, I'm not going to intentionally fuck with you. And I'm going to make sure your suppliers get paid. But if you make shit deals because you panicked and, and you didn't figure out the job was, you know, what you thought it was and you handed it off to somebody else, I'm not going to pay the difference. Like, you best recognize your fuck ups you're going to own. So don't come at me with, uh, with, Hey, you got to pay my suppliers a hundred grand. And my contract with you is only 82 grand. I don't give two fucks about the difference. Um, they're going to, we're both your sub and me. We're going to bury you in court and you're going to pay it. And then you're going to pay my attorney fees too. So don't be a douche. Be upfront, you know, be honest. So we can deal with honesty. Um, a hell of a lot better in the beginning than to deal with uh, honesty after you've been caught. So, or what I like to call lying. Uh, don't be a fucking liar. Uh, indemnification. You know, the thing about this is, um, you know, it goes along with your insurance. So, to the fullest extent permitted by law, subcontractors shall indemnify and hold harmless the owner, the architect, and the contractor, and all their agents and employees. Against all claims, demands, cause of action, liabilities of every kind and nature whatsoever, including but not limited to attorney's fees arising out of or resulting from performance or non-performance of the subcontractor's work under this subcontract. So that's really a big deal. Uh, A lot of people don't even think about that stuff. 
They don't give two fucks. That's what they got insurance for. But at the end of the day, they have to answer for it. So our job's just to keep them in line. But um, but there's still all these safety nets in there because over time, um, we as a group, even though there's a lot of good good ones out there, there's a lot of bad. And over time, we've proven to the public that, you know, we're all a bunch of fucking dirtbags. You know, we're not, but that's the perception, you know, we're dogging the truck, drinking beer on the job, kind of half-assing everything and, and uh, you know, overcharging and, and uh, on change orders, you know, swing by our big boat. So playing a game. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of us that aren't. So, you know, hopefully everybody's doing the right thing. Like that's the goal is, is we're doing the right thing. If everybody's doing the right thing and reads and understands this stuff, man, you, there's really not a whole lot of problems. Um, but after the indemnification comes, changes at work. And that's kind of where the problems start. So changes in work, you know, guys will take it upon themselves to, oh, I, I fixed this and here's the bill. Well, we didn't ask you to fix it and it didn't need to be fixed, so I'm not paying that. So go tear it out and put it back the way it was on the plans. Um, you know, don't, don't do stuff like that. It changes in the work. They got to be official, man. They got to come from an architect, um, through a plan revision. Uh, they got to come from an owner request, which is, uh, you know, an email, uh, a memo, uh, a something, or they got to come in a, an RFI response. Um, those things will trigger, you know, a change in, in plans. You, you're going to get a new set of drawings. You may get a sketch. Um, you know, in some jobs, you know, it may just be an idea, but somebody has to put that idea to, you know, pen to paper and define it so it can be priced. The price can be accepted and a notice to proceed to a sub, a field work directive, whatever you want to call it can be issued so that everybody's ass is covered. So you're not doing work that nobody knows about. It's a whole team thing. And so as a superintendent, you got to read this because your ass is on the line for it, for all this work. You know, it, it's a real pain in the dick at the end of the job, um, being a PM and your superintendent green lighted all this shit with some bullshit emails that you didn't know about. All hell breaks loose, you know, I've seen guys get fired for it and rightly so. Cause you know, it's, you, you don't have unlimited money. There's budgets. Uh, everybody wants a bonus, but Nobody thinks about it while they're pissing away money, telling people to do shit they shouldn't be doing because, you know, they're trying to make it better. Like, don't make it better. Build it per plan. It's fine the way it is. And if it truly doesn't work, write a goddamn RFI and then price the change. Like, it, there's, we're, we're, we're not, there's no fires. People ain't shooting at us. Like, calm the fuck down with doing this crazy stuff and, and, uh, pulling the trigger real quick without the paperwork because as soon as you go balls deep in with the paperwork without paperwork you may not know the whole fucking story uh and maybe not your pm either because at the last second they may make a change and then that thirty thousand dollar shit you just ordered and, and you're just getting ready to install it might have been uh, uh value engineered and pulled out and so now you're left you know holding all this material in a subcontractor who's mad as fuck and, uh, you know, now you got a change order fight. So don't do that. Just, it's just hundred percent ridiculous and, uh, easy to solve by, by understanding 
the limits of your authority are authority based on this contract. And then, you know, God forbid you get into a default, you know, with a sub, you know, there's a whole section on default, like how to cure it, um, how to, how to solve it with, uh, workers or material, or if you can't, you know, uh, we'll hold pay until you get your shit done. Or we may have to, uh, hire some other people, you know, sometimes there's an emergency, um, if it's a safety thing and then, uh, we'll, we'll fix your shit, you know, right away, especially like traffic control or a trench plate, you know, bounces off on the road. Like we're going to fix that right now. Not going to waste time arguing with your dumbass in an email. We're going to take care of it right the fuck now. My superintendents are going to document it. I'm going to shove it up your ass later. If I can find that you failed or they failed to, to check your stuff. Like you have, you have to own that shit if you fuck up. And so that's why we got to do a good job to pay attention and, and limit those fuck ups. You know, after that it becomes, you know, termination piece. Um, you know, if sub fails to do all this stuff, you know, through the emails you've sent and, and working through this contract through all these elevations of, um, uh, I don't know what to call them events or tactics. Um, you know, that termination piece comes into play. It's really the last thing we want to do because it sucks because we, everybody loses money on it. Sub loses money. GC loses money. You lose time. Um, you got to find somebody else to do it. If they know you're bleeding, you know, from the neck, they're going to slash your other side of your neck too. You know, they're going to get everything they can. They're going to, we all feed on the weak, you know, as a society. So you got to make sure that that shit's like, there's no, no other way out. If you got to terminate, it's a bad fucking deal. And then you better make sure you you're as a superintendent, your ass is clean. You got your emails, you got your photos, you did your due diligence you documented it. They've been notified. You recorded that stuff because if you don't, your fucking ass is grass, man. Um, and you're going to answer for that shit because, uh, if it gets that far to termination and, and you don't have that stuff or your PM didn't pick up your, your slack, you're totally fucked, totally fucked. And, and nobody likes that. There's no reason for it. So just do your job, you know, read this thing. Um, the other section talks about withholding payment, you know, things that how, why, how, and why we would hold payment. Um, don't like to do it a whole bunch, uh, but that shit happens, you know? And then, and then t- section 12 for us is, uh, disputes. Um, it talks about, um, implied interim and final decisions arising out of a claim or dispute resolution process that, uh, resolution process. Uh, shall be brought to subcontractor related to this contract. Like we're not going to do a bunch of other stuff outside of it. Um, but if the, uh, we can't, you know, solve it right then and we go to dispute, we go to a, a third party and, uh, we'll help each other. It's like trading, you know, prosecution defendant. Um, we'll trade info to try to resolve that shit. And you may have to have a freaking arbitrator. Uh, or you may have to go to court. That sucks. Um, I've only had to do it twice. Uh, both times I was there, not my fault. Um, but I was still there. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got to do the right thing. Um, you, you, if you do the right thing, even if you, you 
you're in the wrong, your company's in the wrong, but you did the right thing. At least it's better than everybody being wrong. So, um, or if you make a unified effort and it was wrong decision, then you lesson learned, you know, don't do that shit again. Hopefully it's not too expensive. But what I see is, uh, when those mistakes are made, um, people really don't get punished for it. And then, or they do, they get just get fired and then they don't really know why they got fired other than you fucked that up. Um, and then nobody learns from it. It doesn't get, um, talked about. And then D to D goes back in and does it, you know, round two, you know, and we're, we're making the same mistakes again. We're real bad in this business about evolving. You know, every, every man's got all this pride shit, you know, and, or some women too, you know, they're trying to prove stuff and, uh, hats off. But if you can learn from your predecessor's mistakes or, or other people's, uh, wins, like, why would you not like that shit is easy and that shit is free. So take advantage of, uh, of those old guys or those experienced people when they give advice, you know, I don't think anybody wants to give bad advice. Um, so you know, and then liens, lien claims. So, so our 13 is about liens. You know, if we feel, they feel like we're not doing our thing and we didn't pay them. Uh, typically it's the owner not paying us. Uh, they can file a lien. Uh, but when you file a lien, you gotta, you know, that's the coup de gras. So there's a negotiation piece that comes into that, you know, filing liens, you know, kind of beyond a, a super per se, um, because it's basically a paperwork thing or a payment thing or a waiver thing or a who knows thing. Uh, everyone's a little bit different. Um, but at the point when they file a lien, you know, that sub ain't coming back, man. They just said, fuck it. I'm not coming back till I get paid. And then once you do pay them, um, if, if it's, you know, some fi- liens are filed, you know, they're filed illegally all the time, you know, cause some States believe the sub before they believe a GC and if anybody can file a lien at any time. It, doesn't make any sense, but you know, and it, it doesn't do any good for the reputation. You know, you file in on me and it's a paid one paid clause and you're pissed off, uh, or I paid you and you didn't pay your, fi- and I gave you money to pay your supplier cause you, you swore on a Bible and then you cash that check and file in for the same amount. Like, yeah, that sucks. We're going to bond around you and then I'm never going to pay your supplier because we already paid for it and you didn't pay your fucking bills. That's not my shit. So it gets real weird with liens, um, you know, and, and safety, safety is a big thing. Um, it's deep in the contract, but we have to get all this shit out of the way first. You know, it's not any less important cause it's, you know, on page seven, six, eight, whatever page it's on, uh, it's still important. And you got, we, we've all got to abide by the laws, you know, that are here, you know, whether it's, uh, in California, it's Cal is crazy. Um, Washington's nuts. They're, they're crazier in California. And then when you go outside, you know, uh, federal stuff, pretty generic. Um, and it's reasonable. So I, I, I mean, there's not really any complaints I have now. I think as a society, we've been indoctrinated into the safety, you know, God bless the unions for way back in the day for kind of teeing this stuff up. And, and now because, you know, OSHA's there or MSHA or, or whatever the uh, the acronym is for whatever NIOSH, whatever industry you're in, 
the unions kind of become uh, irrelevant, you know, as for a safety in a safety standpoint. So, you know, um, California, Washington, Colorado, stormwater pollution, uh, big deal. Everybody tries to exclude it, especially the motherfuckers that deal with things that can actually pollute the environment the most in California or have still been allowed to um, neglect it, delete it, deny it, um, which is so fucking amazing to me. But then when I think about it, it's all about money and it's all about their lobbyists. So it makes sense. Uh, we get held holding the bag uh, on stormwater while dirt guys, you know, just do whatever the fuck. So uh, I've never really been a fan of that. I've always been uh, con- concerned about it, uh, but uh, there's not shit you can do about it other than to try to negotiate it in there. And if it's negotiated in that contract, in the in the scope above, then they gotta do it. They signed up for it, and they're getting fucking paid to do it. So there shouldn't be uh, any squabbles about it. Um, the other thing too that's become pretty popular in the last few years, depending on the client, is immigration so gets real weird when you're in a sanctuary state but immigration still uh an important piece um you know having identification on everybody so we don't have any weird things happening everybody that's supposed to be there is is there um we don't have you know people trespassing and doing weird stuff or stealing from us or or news reporters, you know, not that, that that stuff, you know, news reporters don't really matter, but there's there's a lot of people that shouldn't be on a construction site. Insurance doesn't cover it. They're in the way, slowing down. They don't understand the, the safety. Uh, they're not invited. So, you know, uh, between the trespassers and, and uh, the badging stuff, you know, kind of ties into that immigration. So, it, speaking English... You know, people aren't going to like, it's not a popular thing, but it's a way to be safe. You know, I don't fucking speak Spanish. Most of my guys don't speak Spanish. A few do, but it's not our um, primary language. Our contracts are in English. Our emails are in English. Everything's in English because we live in America. So if you speak another language, hats off to you, but you better be working for somebody that can convey the translation from the English to whatever language you're speaking. Um, whether it's, you know, Russian or Mandarin or whatever, Spanish, um, you, you got, it's a safety thing at that point. If you, if, if, if some white guy is yelling fire, some black dude's yelling fire in the building and all the Mexican dudes can't understand what fire is because, you know, they just don't, um, there's going to be a problem, you know? And so puts multiple people at risk trying to empty a building out if it's on fire the guys that that are you know aren't can't understand the language and then the guys that do understand the language that are going to run through every room trying to make sure everybody gets out of there because it's just not a it's not a cool thing so ideally if you're going to work here like you got to know some so know some english man uh it's important um I'm not ruling out any any foreign nationals from any particular country because it's a broad spectrum um, from South America, Central America, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. Um, had crazy-ass Canadians that speak the Queen's language, but 
couldn't read a fucking English state manager to save their life, you know. So, and they they struggle with immigration. Um, so, Canadians sometimes are the worst. Uh, the other thing that comes into play is hazmat. You know, that's in a contract nowadays too, with all this environmental shit happening. So, really big deal. Um, hazmat procedures are in place, so we're not polluting the environment. We're following these green codes. Um, we're not putting toxic waste and and killing the next generation. So, yeah, pay attention to that. It's in it's in a contract. It's spelled out in uh, in different things uh, that are tied to this contract based on this uh, paragraph. And then there's a whole bunch of miscellaneous stuff, uh, rules and regulations and requirements. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. And it, this one's got, man, to the letter J, talks about as-builts and um, wrecking stuff and English-speaking employee of the subcontractor needs to be on site. Um if that affects the schedule, subs liable, you know, so it's, it's detrimental, you know, to, to have the, the right, right supervision, the right staff. I mean, it's, some of these contracts are big money. Why would you not? Um, the other thing too is, you know, about attending meetings, um, having your federal ID number. So, you know, for tax purposes, shit like that. And, you know, I think I talked about it, but closeouts, as-builts, as-builts are fucking huge. Um, as-builts should be done from the beginning. Um, right in RFIs, in your plans, is as-builts. Dimensions for where you put stuff, that's as-built. Because nobody puts it in perfect, we know. But sometimes, uh, really close, and like the picture, is good enough. As long as you know what, what precedes you or, or comes after you. So, yeah, so that's really it in a, in a nutshell, you know, and then everybody signs, you know, it's super awesome. It's got the value on it. And then it gets into, you know, some, some boilerplate stuff on how to prep your insurance. Um, what a notice to proceed for a change order looks like, what a summary for a change order looks like, uh, how to bill your schedule of values out. And then uh, conditional waivers for your payments, you know, sample form, sign and notarize it, and unconditional, um, conditional. There's um, affidavit for release and certification of all your bills being paid, you know, filling that shit out, notarizing it. Um, final payment gets notarized, like, and the values. And uh, last but not least is the uh, master schedule. So shit thing about construction is nothing starts when it's supposed to and nothing um, finishes through duration of the job when it's supposed to. So there's this overlap and dance. And so these schedules are tweaked and modified and, and fucked with, you know, between a master schedule and a three week. And so it's a super job to keep that shit up to date week to week. You know, don't make a three week and adjust it every two weeks like you're a fucking idiot. Um, you got to screw with that schedule every day. You live and die by that thing, so act like it. Uh, it's important. Um, everybody's counting on you for it, too. You know, you don't want to be telling people, yeah, yeah, you're good, and then go, oh, shit, you know, the day before they show up because you didn't fuck with your schedule for two weeks, you know, and then your PM's probably up your ass, too, or or maybe not. Maybe he's just fixing the schedule himself week to week because he's providing updates to the client or to the upper echelon of your company, 
um, because everybody wants to be updated. You know, we we do a lot of updates. You know, and and one of the ways we do updates are fucking Zoom meetings. Um, used to be uh, go to meeting or Skype or insert whatever the fuck was before that. Um, now don't get me wrong. These meetings are good and you get to see everybody and it's super neat. And, uh, it's hard when a whole bunch of people are on cause we start playing bingo in the background, a few of us. And you know, one of the things is, can you hear me or can you see my screen? You know, that's two bingo clicks right there. Um, so they're, they're pretty predictable, frustrating, uh, to a degree, you know, once we, we've, we do them, you know, the, the whole thing about the zoom meetings is everybody's there for the info. Sometimes they're overloaded with people that don't need to be there. And, uh, sometimes people can't even fucking hear because they're, um, not hooked in. Right. So check your settings, preset everything up, check your mic, check your camera, um, check your speakers, you know, do those initial prelim things. So you're not that idiot talking on mute. Um, just by default, put your shit on mute because nobody wants to hear the background noise. Uh, maybe your kids are hollering or you're driving down the road with the windows down, which is dumb as shit. Don't do that. Or you're on a job site and there's great all, you know, backup alarms and shit. Like have some fucking respect and, and don't be a buffoon. So use mute. Um, and then there's some meetings where, you know, when you're talking, you know, you turn your camera on. It's a click in the corner. Zoom's easy. That's the one thing I do like about Zoom. It's easy. Um, once people understand how to use it one or two times, give you a free pass. But by the third or fourth time we're having a meeting and you don't know how to use it, shame on you. Like, pull your fucking head out and get with the program and put a little investment into yourself and learn how to use something because it's part of your fucking job. Like, shit gets annoying. So... At that point, you know, when you when you speak, turn your camera on. If you want to keep it on the whole time, congratulations. You know, we're all going to click around and look at each other and, and laugh at what you're wearing or what your background looks like. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm in the bunker, so I'm not revealing the bunker. It just It's just the way it is. So I put a fake backdrop up. Plus, it's fun because usually it's a house on fire. So, you know, understand how how that zoom works before you get onto it. Cause then you get more out of it, you know, especially, you know, if you're doing it from your phone and you're in the field and you can't hear worth a fuck, but you got earbuds cause you're chasing pussy with that thing, you know, talking to girls on the earbuds, um, use the earbuds for a zoom meeting. Like just makes sense. You know, if it's part of your job, why not get the information everybody's trying to give you, uh, dismissing it or, or not listening, uh, just seems silly. So do set yourself up to where you can receive that information or, or provide the information people are looking for. You never know when you may get called on or, or you may call on yourself because you know something that nobody else does and you could save somebody a whole bunch of bullshit by just raising your hand and speaking about it and, and contributing to the team, you know? So, so understand how zoom zoom works. There's a tutorial it's pretty, if you can buy shit on Amazon, you can fucking use zoom. Like, so for me, there's no excuse anymore. Um, the other thing too is, you know, if you're not, if, if you're getting invited to that meeting, 
and it's a talk at you meeting, then just just receive the information. Ideally, there's a follow up email with some documents you're probably going to need, you know, especially during this uh, COVID-19 China flu response is what we need to call the China flu response. We have a lot of Zoom meetings about that shit Um, because some people want to do a broad brush and this is our requirement for every job we're at, no matter where they are. And that shit doesn't work. You can't hand down the San Francisco socialist communist regime version of uh, stay at home, protect yourself orders in uh, a state that doesn't have a problem that could give two fucks about California. It just doesn't work like that. So everything's got to be customized and, and you, whoever's running that shit, they got to make sure that they're being conscientious about, you know, how they're approaching this shit. So, uh, it's not delaying people or causing a bunch of crap that doesn't need to be happening. So, uh, but with zoom, uh, try to limit the meetings, try to limit the time. You know, if you got people on that meeting and you go off on a tangent, like I do in these podcasts, everybody's just going to roll their fucking eyes and, and nobody wants to, to listen to that stuff. So, so just make sure you don't get the wrong people. And when you start going off topic, uh, turn those people loose because they got other shit to do. Uh, otherwise, you know, everybody just hanging out. It can wipe a whole fucking day out. And for what? So they could hear you flap your gums? Like, that's what podcasts are for. So, yeah, Zoom. Um, I think my hatred doesn't come from Zoom itself. It just comes from the significant amount of Zooms we're doing. You know, we're meeting more now than we did when we were all in offices. And it's fucking annoying. So, um, I'm not, I've never been that guy, you know, I like to trade things here and there, you know, as I desire, or they come up or I'll share them with people that, uh, may be in a similar situation as me, or I may bounce ideas off other people, but to sit there and just go on and on about a job that I'm never going to see, I'm never going to be a part of. I don't have any idea who any of the people are involved in it. Uh, it, it's neat for the first three minutes the first meeting, but it's not neat. You know, the 15th meeting, um, six hours into that shit. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just waiting for my turn to say my shit and move on. So probably got to break these meetings up and have more to invite less people. So you get more value out of them. Um, I'm a, I'm a stay in my lane for the most part kind of guy, unless I see something that's, that's tragic and then I'll raise my hand. But, but for the most part, I don't, you know, don't disrupt, um, you know, don't, don't answer to the whole group when your answer is not relevant. You know, we have guys that, that like to say, yeah, got that to a room of 60 people. And it was a rhetorical question, except they're not smart enough to understand that because they weren't really paying attention. They were just, they just heard that somebody asked a question that required an answer. So that's weird. It's usually the same fucks that are hitting reply all in situations where reply all is, is really unprofessional and out of line. Um, and then they continue to reply all when they've been told like, Hey, let's, uh, let's save that for another time. And, and so for, for my, from my perspective and, and some of the other, you know, people, when you reply all, and then you argue about it in a reply all again, um, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, and you're just showing everybody how dumb you are. And so sometimes it's better to just be quiet 
and let everybody assume how dumb you are than to open your mouth or whip your fingers on your keyboard and remove all doubt about how fucking stupid you are. Like, don't do that shit. So sometimes less is more. Um, if you want to run your gums and talk shit, you know, you're more than welcome to come to my podcast and we can talk about why you're a fucking idiot for hitting reply all. So don't do it. Uh, world's got enough douchebags in it as it is. So we don't need that stuff. Well, I think that, you know, hope we hitting contracts, bitching about zoom and, uh, and talking about emails, you know, I could go on and on about emails for sure. You know, the thousands of situations, um, but I, you know, at this point, I'm gonna hope you know common sense is coming back. The, the chemtrails have slowed down. Football season's not going. Basketball season's not going. Baseball's slowed down. So, so hopefully, you know, there's some people paying attention a little bit more than they than they normally would, uh, with because there's not as many distractions, you know. But the distraction is is, you know, Bill Gates is gonna inject us all and and wants to wipe us off the planet. So. I don't know if, you know, maybe football isn't that bad. So, um, you know, funny story with emails is that I remember a concrete guy in particular, nonstop, just go behind the back, um, do what I want to do kind of guy. And to the point sometimes where his, my emails to him didn't mean shit. So have to go out there and be with them, you know, and then it got to be to the point where I wasn't spending all day with them, but I was engaging them, you know, every 10, 15 minutes to, to the point where, um, this is like pre text messaging and, but like smartphones kind of came out. Uh, I think they were blackberries at the time. And, uh, man, the only way, I could do that dude is to hit him from all fronts. You know, it was a, it was a phone call. It was a face to face. It was an email. It was a, a, a biweekly meeting. Um, once, you know, I put in the effort with him, you know, a good, you know, five or six weeks. Um, he finally got on board with, you know, following some direction, not being a redneck cowboy and, uh, and off we went. And, and I made a mistake one day, and I instead of putting three slaps, I put thirty. Uh, put it actually uh, accidentally put a zero. But he was so in tune with um, doing the right thing at that point, and and trying to do everything that um, I left for. Uh, we left on Friday. I come in Monday morning. He had worked all weekend, didn't say shit. And I, you know, to my surprise, I'm like, "What in the fuck are you doing?" He's like, well, you told me I needed 30 slabs done by Tuesday. I'm like, no, bullshit, I only needed three. And he's like, fuck you, check your email. So I checked my email, and holy shit, I, I put 30 slabs in there. And and at that point, like, man, he did it. He knocked him out. And so at that point with all the labor, uh, even though we shouldn't have been doing them, and we knew what the floor plans were, but they, they, didn't, they wanted to release them in phases, um, I said, fuck it. You know, I made the mistake. We went for it. Uh, and we poured 30 slabs, you know, later that week. It was it was madness. Uh, but it set us up and and made life a little bit easier. We got, I got in a little bit of trouble for it, for kind of going beyond. Um, but at the end of the day, when uh, the, the year turned around and deliverable houses came up, 
I had an extra 20 to offer uh, where people made, uh, they weren't making the cut. So, so there was a, there's always a positive that stuff. Um, it's kind of funny to me, you know, but, but probably not to you. The, uh, the other thing about email too, is you can, you can use them for, for good stuff and, and evil stuff. You know, you can use them for, you know, compliments. Uh, I try to save the compliments a little bit because sometimes people get way too confident and then, and then they start to go off the rails. So be, use that shit sparingly. I mean, we're in a business where good is expected and we have to find the bad. And so, um, it's just kind of the way it is, you know, so you, you just gotta be, be very cautious about how quickly you want to compliment because it never fails. As soon as you tell somebody that an awesome job, thanks for everything. I'm glad you finished everything. You're going to turn the corner right as you hit send and you're going to find all the shit that you fucking didn't check that they didn't finish. And then you're going to have to eat crow and it's best to eat that shit warm and turn right around and get their asses there to finish it. So just make sure that they're really, truly done. You've got a punch list out. They've, you've checked all the boxes in their scope. You've, you've followed through with all the emails, any corrections they're, they've, they're done. You know, don't give no compliments until that shit's done. Um, not, not big ones anyway, cause they'll use it against you. Um, because they know what they didn't finish. So, and ideally you should know what you finished too. You know, I'm, my, my thing's always pushing accountability, you know, get your ass up, go walk that shit, go check it, pull your fucking tape. You know, I, I'm tired of people saying, oh, I didn't have time. Fuck you. That's what you get paid to do. Motherfucker. You have time. So how you piss away your time, that's on you. Uh, if it goes beyond noon, now you're fucking with all of us. So nothing a superintendent has to do should take all fucking day. It's just not, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I did this job for 20 fucking years. You can get the majority of your work done as a superintendent for your company in a general contractor role before 10 o'clock. If you're deliberate and you give a fuck and you have a plan. But if you don't have any of that stuff, yeah, it's going to take you all fucking day. And you're going to forget half the shit you did because you're panicking and, and trying to catch up with all that shit that really shouldn't take that long. But you maybe talk to the concrete guy too long or you hung out on the scaffolding too long, you know, admiring the, the sunrise. If you hope, you know, hopefully you get to work that early. Um, finding that a lot of people don't. A lot of people like to sleep in. A lot of people won't stay late. Um, not that you have to like stay late, but this job, we don't punch a clock. There's a, there's a level of trust that's out there and, and it starts to concern me when I'm getting calls from subs trying to get shit unlocked and your ass ain't there and I'm 500 fucking miles away. Like that's annoying. That level of trust starts dropping. So be trustworthy, be deliberate, um, get your shit done. You know, if you got to wear a mask, wear a fucking mask, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, acknowledge there's a constitution and, and, uh, you know, being healthy is, is important. Um, but having rights is important too. So dangerous freedom is, uh, is worth it more than, more than some fake safety. So until next time, I'll try to keep it, uh, a little bit sooner in between. Now that I figured it out, I got my computer updated got this mic situation figured out um yeah i think it's looking better 
um, try to get some guests on here, reaching out, creeping out. I want to get to the 10 mark. You know, I want to get past the hump where everybody fails. So I'm, I'm getting closer. Uh, I just got to work on being consistent. So I apologize for the, for the delay, but, um, real weird stuff happening with, with travel, school, being mobile with this thing, not being in the office. Uh, it's kind of odd. So I'm working through it. I think I've figured it out. Took me a couple weeks. Got some new fucking intro music. I like it. Um, maybe we'll tweak it here and there, but, uh, yeah. So do the right thing. Be the guy you pretend to be and, uh, follow me on Instagram at nitro power hour, or you can email me at nitro power hour at gmail.com. Give me a like on fucking Apple iTunes, man. You know, shit, that shit's free. It takes five seconds. Like, it's like six fucking tender swipes. Like, come on, man. So just give me five stars because I'm fucking awesome. And uh, you're not going to find this content anywhere else. There's just no way. Everybody's too PC, man. So for this week, I'm Nitro, and I'm out. Be safe, and uh, don't get the China flu.